What's up, Nashville? Welcome to the Local Wave, Conversations with the Nashville Underground. It is me again, your host, Alex McWilliam. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to episode 59, uh, one that has been waiting in the wings, I suppose, uh, for a long time. One that I've wanted to do for a really long time, and I'm glad I finally got to do it. It's with my uh, friend Cole Johnson, uh, also known as Saint Pressure. Uh, I have known Cole for a very, very long time, uh, pretty much since I moved to Nashville. And the change in him since I've known him is extraordinary in a lot of incredible ways, and I cannot wait you to hear about them in our talk. Um, as far as music goes with St. Pressure, uh, he put out a little two-pack this year called Glossa. That's his most recent work, uh, along with an EP called Change Your Mind and a single called No Bitchin', a single All Fours. He's just been dropping singles all over the place this year, last year, the year before. Uh, and we kind of go over a, a little bit of a track-by-track uh, breakdown of his discography um, in the conversation and yeah it, he just has such an extraordinary story something that I've wanted to highlight for a really long time and I felt like now was the time to do it I admit in the interview that I was uh, very perplexed perplexed by his music when I first heard it um, but now I, I really really love it and I'm just i'm stoked for him i think i think he's ahead of his time in a lot of ways and i'm excited to see what 2020 brings for same pressure um we're wrapping up the year uh we got maybe an end of the year in nashville playlist like i did last year i'm working on it right now uh, so that'll be dropping soon keep an eye out on my instagram at the local wave or twitter or facebook or wherever to uh get that um, I'll be dropping a big top 50 list of my favorite albums of the year. You can uh, check that out at the local wave or at my more personal Instagram at Chatelaine Shots. Um, yeah, I'm excited. This is the end of a decade. It's pretty nuts. This decade brought me a lot of different, a lot of different things. I uh, had my entire 20s this decade, so it was uh, it was a pretty wild effing ride. Um, and it included the local wave, which I'm so, so thankful for. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that you listened. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it takes us. But for now, let's just get into this interview with Saint Pressure. Dude, we can... I want to do it on the microphone. Yeah, we can hang and talk on the mic. No? Yeah. That's the awkward <clears throat> part. No, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to jump, bro. You ready to jump? Yeah. We've known each jump. other a long time, my guy. We have. Um, I was just telling my brother, I was like, dude, like, he's been around for like our music for a while. Can you move in a little closer to the mic? Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've. It's. I mean, you're. You're in my relationship, or. or whatever it is i suppose like yeah. is i've uh i have several friends like this i'm sure you have several friends like this where 
you know, you knew them at some early and pivotal point in your life, and then, you know, for whatever reason, you just end up splitting paths yeah, for a little while. And sometimes it never comes back, you know, and, and just is what it is. Like, I've got plenty of people like that. I'm sure you have Same, plenty of people yeah. like that. But it's always funny when you do, if you do end up crossing paths again, because you're completely, you know, like you and I, completely different people yeah. than when we met. Yeah. I think the crazier thing is, like, when you're a completely different person and the other person isn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I think was cool, like, reconnecting with you is, like, it seems like paths had taken their own way, and then it's like, oh, dude, we've been doing, like, cool soul work. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. different. And, like, now we're at different places, and it still fits. You know what I'm saying? It still works. Yeah. It's dope. Because we were, I mean, we went to church together. Yeah. For a little while. Yeah. I mean, I worked for your record label. Yeah. Or not. I worked for a thing called Come and Live for the people listening, which was like a Christian nonprofit record label, but they didn't want to be called the record label. It was weird. Right. But. Um, record label, no money involved. Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. Um, but, and you were on that label, you yeah. know? That was like 2009, 2011. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I joined the team there in 2011, maybe like early 2012. So yeah. I think you had already put out records. I don't know what like you guys were doing yeah. with the, the band The Great Awakening. Yeah, Great Awakening. We put out a record in 2011. So maybe around the time you joined on. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't know how you would feel about me bringing this up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally comfortable with it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, definitely down to talk about it if you want to go down that road. <laughs> well, um, I only I only bring it up, I suppose. We're not going to like dive deep on yeah. the Great Awakening record, but sure. um but uh I only bring it up because it's funny because like there's song there was one specific song I can't remember the name, but I I had so many like spiritual experiences mm. because of your music. Yeah. And now I'm here in 2019. Yeah. Having a completely different experience with your music, but I mean, mm. I would argue, uh, if you can't tell from all the records behind me, that just about any experience with music that connects with you is inherently spiritual. Sure. Um, but uh, man, that's that's crazy. You know, maybe your experience of yeah. What was how was that like? How was that for you? Like, was it was it hard to be like, man? There's this guy that like. I experienced God with, you know, yeah. had a spiritual experience. And now I'm having a completely, maybe like some people might uh, assume it to be an opposite experience. Yeah. Even though in my soul, it's kind of the same one. Well, it's funny that you ask me that question because I feel like by you asking me what my experience was, it seems like you're kind of asking a lot of people. In a certain sense, sure. you know what I mean. It's definitely like a curiosity of mine, yeah. Right, because like, um, yeah, like playing Christian worship music. Like, I had a lot of people be like, "Hey, man, crazy spiritual experiences to your music," you know. And uh, I kind of like, yeah. There's a lot in between Great Awakening and Saint sure. Christian music. Yeah. Um. We're going to get there. Yeah, but, like, I didn't want to... I never, like, set out to hurt anybody, you know? Yeah. And I was like, 
aware that it probably would. Um, but I was just at a place in my life where it's like, this is all I have to give. So it's kind of always felt like that. Yeah. I, I guess to answer your question, I, I don't feel, certainly don't feel personally hurt by you by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I I do lump that experience in with an, um, with kind of how I feel about any of those experiences at this point mm-hmm. of experiencing God and how I experienced God in the church before. Um, definitely is a is a weird thing to think about currently because yeah. I don't experience it in the same way, and so um, it's hard to to even think about those moments where. You know, you're on the floor crying and mm-hmm. having these big, whatever moments with with what you think to be God in that moment, um, mm-hmm. and reconciling that now because I think some of it is probably just, the, you know, like there's a scientific like groupthink mentality of that type of stuff. Absolutely. You know, where like there there is just a spiritual aura in the room that moves people in. And that just happens, and there's a way to to make that kind of craziness come about. And yeah. I mean, if you study music, you know, like there are certain chords and chord progressions that will make those feelings happen. You know what I yeah, mean? It's crazy. And so, like, it, you know, I don't feel manipulated any more than I feel manipulated by any other music that I love that moves me. You know, sure. because they're obviously <laughs> using the same the same tactics, right? Exactly. Like, um, but I just don't think a lot of people know about that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, it is, it is, you are the first person I've sat down with who's written any of the songs that moved me Mm. spiritually in that period of my life and now get to talk to you about the stuff they're doing now. So that's a, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, it's it's a whole different experience. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. Like I'm at a point in my life right now where um I'm integrating like every part of myself, which like my past and spirituality and religion was like a huge part of my life growing up. Yeah. And uh like I live with Zach Jancello, the other guy that I wrote all the Great Awakening music with. Uh, and I'm, like, producing his new solo project right now. And we've had to, like, confront, like, our entire past. And, like, what was that? What are we doing now? How How is it? Yeah. Just, like, what is it? What is it? What are we doing? How are we here now still? Yeah. Doing this thing and it, like, still feels important. And it still feels like we have something to say. But, like. We might have left some people behind along the way, you know. I don't know, but yes, yeah, it's, it's just it's like a cool time to like, yeah, have a like conversation with you because you have like been there for a lot. Yeah, of I mean, the at that time, journey. I I feel like I'm still doing the same thing that I did then in a certain sense, yeah. where like I feel like my contribution to the music that I love is just to support it and to try and understand it and um and try to understand what the artist is saying yeah. and how that can affect me and how I can learn from 
others, you know, mm-hmm. and and let how I can best let that music uh, love me, and I can love it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean in a certain sense. So I'm and I'm still doing that same thing because I'm here with you, right? right? Like yeah. talking about your music, which we are 100% gonna get all the way into. Thank you. Um, but I was doing the same thing then. That's all I. Right. That's all I've wanted to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I relate to that 100%. It's like the way it comes out might be like a completely different expression. It's like you're in the middle of a podcast right now. You know, like 10 years ago, 8 years ago, like you weren't podding, but yeah. like the same passion. I didn't even know what podcasts were. Yeah. <laughs> right. Were there podcasts? 10 years ago. No, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely the same. It's just grown up. Yeah. You know, and how old are you? I'm 29. I just turned yeah. 29. Yeah, that sounds. I'm thirty. I'm about to turn thirty-one. Um, it's so funny, like that you're younger than me. I like all you know during that time. I like always thought everyone that I worked for and did was was older than me. You yeah. know, like or any artist. I've like artists I, in I general seem or older than they are. Yeah. you know what I mean. For sure. No matter how old you are, like, they always seem like they're older because I kind of, I feel like I still have that, like, 16-year-old ear. You know what I mean? Like, I still strive to listen to music that way. Sure. I think that's cool. Because that's, like, the time in your life when you're, like, you most want to listen to it. You know, and you're, like, discovering your identity and trying to figure out what's out there. What what are these different scenes? What's this different music? How do I relate to the world? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you finally get to start asking that question, and music is such a important, like, factor to how you relate to everything. What were you jamming at 16? <clears throat> I was jamming in, like, 2007. I was probably, like... I was in, like, this... So, like, in middle school, I was, like, into a bunch of, like kind of like weird math rock indie bands from like the 90s that are like now popular again which is cool and then like I kind of like made this switch like as I started having spiritual experiences in like evangelical church like started listening to more worship music like listen to probably around that year like Acidies Burn like big Acidies Burn fan um I liked worship music like I actually listened to worship music when I was that age Mm. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But yeah, like my whole, I was in like jazz band at the time. But 16, I was, uh, I'd already been in like three bands. Dang. Th- like different bands, like a hardcore band with a dude in Great Awakening, you know? Well, that was the wave back then. That for was sure. the wave. But. I was probably just listening to some weird 90s emo music <laughs> or some, like, gospel. Yeah. I love gospel music. It's two very different vibes. Yeah. I've, I've like, always kind of liked an eclectic catalog of music, low-world music. I think I went to Guatemala on a missions trip when I was 16, and, like, that was a really, like, influential mm. musical experience for me. It's like playing like three hour long Pentecostal worship services <laughs> with like the shittiest gear you could imagine. And people just like 
losing their minds for hours all night long. It was cool. It's so funny, like, to think about that because I think that type of experience, even just think, just, like, take the spiritual element out of it or take the uh, evangelical element sure. out of it. Like, those people probably never get to hear live music being played. You know what I mean? So it didn't matter how horrible all the instruments or whatever were. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're just so grateful. And now you live in a city that literally could not give two shits about any band playing on any day yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's crazy. You know what I mean? I think that's, like, just traveling in general, like, even where there is a ton of music. Or not a ton of music, but just, like, yeah, you you like drive two hours outside of Nashville and like if you pull up I'm like hey I play music people are like crazy, you know <laughs> yeah I'm wild. I've never I, I've always wished I could play guitar. Yeah, you know. How do you find it like making music in a city that almost couldn't care less? It's a little question. I know. Uh, I mean, it's a thing I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like in what context? Like I I um. I have a friend who told me the other day, like, he was on tour like any other city he goes to. Sure. Like, people are down to support. People, like, hang. People tell him they have these, like, moments with their music. Mm-hmm. But, like, in Nashville, like, despite this being Music City, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's there's a show every night. Yeah. You're playing. Mm-hmm. There's eight other shows. Your friends aren't coming to your show because they got to be seen at, cool guy show down the road that right. they don't even want to go to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, No, yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting environment to make music in. I I personally, like, my whole life have kind of, like, felt this, like, punk rock energy mm-hmm. about, and, like, this responsibility to, like, kind of do things different. So, like, I think Nashville's pretty good at... Nashville's very safe to me. And uh, I think musically, I think, what do you mean safe? I mean, um, I think most music being made in Nashville, like on a local level, actually just in general, is safe in the way that people in Nashville are smart. People in Nashville study culture. They know how to make money. And I think that most people are just, like, scared to really say something because the culture doesn't, like, hold value on things that don't fit in what works and makes everybody money and makes the city what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's almost kind of like don't disrespect what we got going on type vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're Music City. And I kind of need a little bit of, like, feeling like I'm going against the grain to, like, feel like myself. It's something I'm, like, aware of. So, like, that in the city kind of gives me energy to, like, try to contribute something back that isn't safe. You know, it's funny. Even even if you're going back and talking about Great Awakening, like, I mean, that record was part of a small group of records that was doing the same thing 
for worship music. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I look at my time working at Come and Live and still feel pretty, despite not knowing how I feel about, sure. you know, where my soul is or whatever, like, I still feel very proud of that, being a part of that in any, even in the smallest level, right. you know, like literally packaging up Great Awakening CDs to people, which is pretty much my job. That's um, great. But it's like, because the music that was being put out was like pushing boundaries, right. you know, in that particular world. Yeah. You know, and so it kind of makes sense that you would do the same thing now that you're not in that world in particular. Thanks for noticing that, man. That's like pretty affirming for me as an artist. Because like that's that was like, that's very intentional and like we're aware of it. I think like I was less aware of how weird I was when I was younger. It took till like maybe actually becoming an adult to realize like, yo, I really like don't know where the fuck I fit. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, maybe I fit at church. Like they love me here, you know, like they believe in me here. This is great. I get to play music here. And then like quickly realized even within that expression, like I couldn't say this or I couldn't like express this emotion. And I, I was just like wanted to see how much I can get away with, you know? And yeah. I think that's kind of like what Great Awakening was in that culture. So when did, so I knew you, uh, we went to church together in like 2013 ish yeah. i think yeah um so you were still in church doing the thing i don't think the great awakening was doing very much no um and then i'm trying to remember the time that like well you came out with the same pressure stuff in 2017 so right. there was like probably like a three four year window yeah. where you and i don't really have contact right tell me about those years cool so 2013 uh Graduate from Belmont with a biblical studies degree. Uh, I was like helping plant that church and I was engaged to a girl that lived in Alabama. So I was like in a long distance relationship, basically put everything there. And at that point, it kind of like just knew it wasn't time to, like, I don't know, like me in ministry, it was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to keep planting this church I kind of like I was getting married starting a new life type vibe right so I did that got married in 2013 moved to Alabama in 2014 uh where my ex-wife was from lived in Alabama for two years and then moved back to Nashville marriage didn't work out and I found myself in 2016 like kind of a, like a total grand, ground zero of like the whole worldview that I'd worked for like, you know, 25 years to build was like stripped from me. Everything that I had faith in because of experience, like yeah. uh, was like almost proven wrong to me mm. and like my own self. Uh, it was, I was just kind of like, I feel like I hit a wall. And I was like, yo, whatever that was like doesn't work um i really yeah so in those years that that was where i was i was in alabama waiting tables uh living with my 
ex-in-laws and trying to get back to Nashville. It's funny that that kind of happened to you at like 25, like the ending of that relationship. Because that's kind of another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is how your mid-20s, everyone, you know, talks about the early 20s and how like intense those are and like you're going through so many changes or like 18 to 22, Mm -hmm. the college age years. But I think the... The twenty five, the twenty four to twenty seven range yeah. is like one of the hardest year. That was like the hardest years of my life. Oh, hundred percent. You know, she was not chill. Yeah, <laughs> at all. Because you're like, I mean, not only are you going through that, like you would have gone through an identity shift anyway. Sure. Right. Like right. that. That just happens during those years. Right. But then you add the stress of divorce moving back to this new city that's completely changing like losing the the church experience that you thought you had like all that on top of what was already going to be a tumultuous like time in your life i can't even imagine yeah no it was crazy man and then it's funny like as soon as all that like it was yeah 2016 was gnarly bro yeah. It's like, uh, like the car got stolen, uh, Jesus. car wreck, uh, like family death. You know what I'm saying? It was just like one thing after another. Yeah, it was one of those years. And I learned a lot about myself then in like a really beautiful way. Uh, yeah, it was like totally changed me. And like I wouldn't trade the experience of that year for anything. Mm. Um, what do you think you learned about yourself? I learned that uh, I'm like, I just, I want like good things. I want, like, I'm a pretty pure person. And uh, because of that, it's easy for me to get used and taken advantage of. Mm. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> I realized that that was the thing that put me in danger. Was like, kind of like this naive purity of like hope for the world or yeah. humanity or relationships or anything. Uh, and at first, I was tempted to just like actually for a while, I kind of just like put that away and was like, I'm not pure coal anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like that didn't work. I'm gonna go into the shadow and see what's up. Like find out who I am. Bad boy coal. Yeah, bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> And through that experience, I realized that, like, I am a, like, a pure person. I had opportunities to do things that I would have never even been dreamed of having the opportunity to do that were, like, shitty things. And, like, when it, like, came down to the wire, it was like, yeah, that's that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I found out who I was in, like, some really real-ass practical ways. It's funny, like, how... I feel like I kind of discovered a similar thing where once I started to give up on the, the worldview of Christianity as I knew it at the time, I, I thought like, Oh, well, cool. Now I can do all these shitty things that I was probably already doing, you know, like as a Christian, I can just do it without like the guilt now. Right. And so, and then I did it and I was like, oh, this still feels bad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this still isn't healthy. Yeah. 
but it's not because of some like person telling me not to do it or some book telling me not to do it. It's because it just isn't healthy for me. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. And that's just like, it sounds like it's a super important lesson for you. It was. Cause like, I, I was like a virgin until I got married. Like I never mm-hmm. did a drug in high school. I never drank. Like I was a good Christian boy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I crushed it. <laughs> I fucking crushed it. A plus. Yeah. I got an A plus man. And like, yeah, morality isn't, like, moral if it's just, like, being scared of, like, confronting yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, I really got to, like, find out what my morality is by, like, action. Yeah. You know? And, like, facing the shit. You actually discovered morality, I think, is really what it was. Exactly. And, like, what it actually means and what it is for me and how I can, like be myself, like, but not, like, lose myself yeah. at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think you just started to discover who you actually are. Yeah. You know? It's funny, like, yeah, growing up, I had a lot of people tell me that I was a lot of things. And... Most of them were wrong. Mm. But when you're young, you don't, like, really know who to trust or listen to. And if you get positive affirmation in something, it's very influential, right? Oh, 100%. Someone's like, man, I love your beard. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like, I I fucking love you with a beard. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm probably not going to shave my beard now. Like, if I'm, like, living my life with this person. Because, like, I want to be cool with the beard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you were talking about how that, uh, when you're younger, you just go along with kind of whatever people give you praise for. Sure. In a certain sense. Right. Because, one, you're probably good at that thing. Like, I, I... well, we'll go maybe like a musician, right? Like sure. you are, you you played worship music, right. so people in the church are probably like, "Oh, I love how you bless us with worship." You know, I love how you yeah. blah 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 you're blah. Anointed, so you're anointed, God yeah, speaking so through you. Yeah, so you're like, okay, tight. Like I like to play music. Yeah. I'm being told that I'm really good at this thing, right. and this is what people want from me. So I'll do it. Yeah, you know. And yeah, I went pretty deep down there down that road like education everything bro like yeah the way i dressed like i i played the systems game like properly and yeah like it led me to literally like the bottom of my own hell (laughs) and i was like cool like i think i gotta just find out what i want to be and what i found was like the answer to that is like who am i you know what i'm saying like what am i like angry like I thought I knew and I just felt this like desire to be like the 16 year old kid again yeah I was like dude that Cole like I don't know what the fuck I just did or how I lied to myself for so long or like how I went along with so many things I like did, didn't sit like 100% with me I'm, I'm losing my thoughts, man. No, I, I'm totally tracking with you. Hell yeah. I like, you, 
you were figuring that you finally are figuring out who you actually were yeah. through those, it, it kind of through those and in spite of those traumatic experiences of yeah. 2016. 2016. <clears throat> but then where my <laughs> notes begin is in 2017. Was, sorry, what begins in 2017? My notes. Okay, sick. Beautiful. Because that's when, that was my reintroduction to you, mm. was Cotton Candy. Cotton Candy. Yeah, I still love that song. Because I, I heard it in, I feel like for a long time, uh, I was pretty genuinely perplexed by your music. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't understand why it was happening, where it was coming from. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really... I, I listened to, like... I mean, someone might throw you into the the subgenre of, like, rap or something like that. And I I listened to a lot of that music, and I still didn't understand what was happening yeah. in your music. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the word as I was trying to think about your music and think about how I felt about it when it first happened. The word perplexed came perplexed. up. That's you know? nice. But I also <laughs> find that a lot of times the music that perplexes me and challenges me is because... I just don't get it then. Right. And as I listen to your music back now and even listen to Cotton Candy, like it was really interesting because I had two more years of experience and two more years of listening to culture and the, the stuff that's coming out and was like, oh shit, this is actually, this was the reason it was perplexing is because it was before it was supposed to happen. Damn, you know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. Like this, this was a wave. That you hit very early. Yeah. Yeah, I had know. somebody call me this year about redoing that song. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I have to like reproduce it. Like, I don't know. Because that was like the first song I ever released that I produced myself. Yeah. And they're like, dude, I think the production was great and relevant. And it's like, I don't just, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. And that's like a kind of a common music experience for me. And it kind of sucks because like my heart's not even on that. You know what I'm saying? It's like. I'm so invested into other work now. Well, it's funny. I mean, even I'm not, I promise this is going to be, it's might not be the last time I bring up the great awakening, but I'm only saying it to say like, even that wave then was ahead of its time. Like what does modern worship music sound like now? It sounds like what you were doing in 2012. You know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) it's just facts. Like that's like, that's, you know, like. I'm so flattered. (laughs) Yeah, no, but. I feel that in, like, a crazy way. Like, it makes me feel crazy and, like, egotistical as fuck to be like, yeah, <laughs> I've been ahead my whole fucking life. <laughs> I know, but it's almost kind of, it's a, it's got to be kind of aggravating in a certain sense, too, because you're like, what you, you know, I assume what most artists want to be is hitting it at the moment, right? right? Like, you're, like, creating something that both is culturally relevant in the exact moment that it's happening, but yeah. also progressive at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, like, there's a part of me that has always, like, not want, like, has, has wanted it to be ahead of its time. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. my heroes are people that have been ahead of their time. True. So it's like, I want to be like those people. I want to make the record that will never be made again. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. influenced, like, this homie to do this, to do that. Like, I think that's the fly shit. 
Um, cotton candy, you actually throw a lot of that information that we just talked about out into that song, kind of, you know. I mean, I feel like you're... Th- there was this kind of theme I noticed throughout your music is you're very vulnerable in the verses of your songs. Mm. Sick. Like, the choruses are always, like, like a lot of times, you know, they're lines you can... Uses a caption for an Instagram picture. You know what I mean? Sure. Like they're they're shit that everyone wants to listen to or whatever. But yeah. like there's like a lot of like very vulnerable stuff in the verses of these songs. Oh yeah, thank you, man. Which is cool. It's funny, like writing that song and like the first music was like such a it like something it killed something to me, bro. Like this part of me that I really had a lot of pride in that was like and a good example. You know what I'm saying? Like, most of my life, I've tried to be a good example, and then this was the first time I was like, yo, this this might, like, at least, because my, yeah, my audience leading up to St. Pressure was church audience. Yeah. And I knew that, like, I, I wrote, I started writing St. Pressure thinking, like, there's millions of people in the world and none of my old fans are going to even know about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is for, like, starting now. It's whatever. It's a full new thing. Right. And then, like, the farther I got into processing my trauma in my life and, like, what I've kind of done with it, and it's like... I I was really just trying to, like, start a new chapter. Like, I think good stories progress, you know? They have... You might end up in a different setting. You might, you know, like something you thought was going to be there till the end isn't and now there's a new character you know there's a new season it's like it's almost well for me it kind of felt like 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 the show true detective how like every season has a it's like a similar aesthetic arc and you kind of know what you're gonna i don't know if you've seen the show Uh but um Every season is a completely different story, completely different characters. Everything's new. But you know, I mean, there's going to be detectives and there's probably going to be a murder. And there's going to, you know what I mean? There's like certain things you know are going to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, generally how a detective show works. And, but it's completely new every season. Right. You know, and that's kind of, and that's how this felt to me because when it started, you know, I didn't see the, the all the stuff we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why that was like what I wanted to talk about the that like the most after your music. Obviously, was like, okay, let's fill this gap from, from just. I mean, just for my no, brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm and I'm to like because now all of this makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. in my brain. In mine too, honestly. Like I'm not. I didn't know. I was just. I was desperate in those that time. Like 2016, bro. Yeah. Like. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just knew I had to do what was in me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I was like, I knew it was going to be ugly. And yeah. But you did it. I did it, man. And like, it's, it's, it started to take shape. And now like the full narrative is like, like a, with a little bit of hindsight, um, it makes a lot of sense to me. And it seems really natural. And I'm thankful for this podcast because I feel like I don't know, just selfishly, like, if, like, yo, if you want some context for, like, what 
you're hearing because that's something I haven't given anybody, dude. Yeah. Selfishly, because I felt just like I'm trying to emotionally survive. Like I've been like pretty reclusive like the last year. Right. Well, um, I know you haven't obviously talked about at least to, uh, publicly. Like, you know, I mean, I don't think a lot of people that listen to Saint Pressure are like checking for old worship records. You know what I mean? Right. So like yeah. they wouldn't even know that that existed, and not that like. I'm trying to get people to go out and listen to that shit. I mean, they can if they want, yeah, but cool. um, whatever. But yeah, I'm. That's what I'm always interested in, and, and that's how I enjoy music the best. Personally, is when I understand how it happened. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like what were the influences? How, like, what you know on every level, both personal, musical, like whatever. Like taking in art to me is a journey up to the point that I'm seeing the art. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's a whole journey there that I am fascinated by. That's right. why I have a podcast That's to sick. talk to people about. Heck yeah. Um, but now you've got two whole years, like, well, three. I mean, technically, if you count 2017, 2018, and now 2019, sure. like, three whole years yeah. worth of music for us to talk about. Yeah. Which is, like, crazy. Because you're, you're now at the point where that past kind of doesn't matter right to 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 same pressure right someone you know, coming you're, in and finding you're just a song. in it yeah. you know what i mean like right. you're fully in it now yeah and that's got to feel really good to it feel does, like man. you're in you're finally like in that identity that you've been working for yeah it was it was hard bro but it, it, it's it's beautiful like i love like i i am like my like dream version of myself you know what i'm saying like i think i'm sick as fuck to like the old version of me you know like yeah if 16 year old cole that was like leading worship like met me and like we kicked it i well, would think i mean that, like, I candy talks about flies. that yeah. you know like you talk about loving yourself yeah like that that seems like what all that led it up to is like you figuring out how to love you yeah for the first time it's like yo i had spent all my energy loving everything else but me. And then, like, for the first time, I, like, directed all of that just, like, in a direction that was just, like, man, you can just take some of you for you for a second. See what it's like. And it was nice, man. It helped a lot. And it's enabled me to be a better, like, member of my community and be, like, a better friend to my friends. And well, better... that kind of leads us straight into your second single. I mean, your second single is a posse cut. Yeah, dude. Homies are church. Deep, deep cut. Homies yeah. are church. Yeah. That that was... So I released Con Candy in May of 2017, and then I think Homies are church in like August, September or something. But like 2017, like I had found... Like, I had a completely new, like, friend group, had met new people that kind of had this same crazy way of thinking, you know? And, like, I clicked, and I was, like, partying a bunch. And, like, I, I found what I found in the church, like, on a back porch, like, getting stoned with some homies. And that was, like, a really beautiful realization to me to, like, realize that not everything's lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, things yeah. are just... Things are just different now, but, like, we're still, yeah. I, I yeah, I totally have, have felt those same feelings. 
you know, because you do get kind of nostalgic for that community communal aspect yeah. of of church. But yeah, the I well, this song has Messiah on it, who I want to yeah. formally apologize to publicly. <laughs> Hell yeah! Because yeah, I remember. I think during the first season of the Local Wave, I like tweeted about like. Yo, I just was like, yo, who wants to come on? Like, I'm looking for new people, whatever. Yeah. And he hit me. And I listened to that shit, and I was not feeling it. Yeah. And I completely ignored him. Yeah. Like, complete, like didn't even respond. I don't even think around. I responded to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, you know, he, like, and that's totally... I you know we talked about this in Englewood Lounge the not easily impressed thing. Yeah. I'm not to I, I don't mean any disrespect to Messiah's sure. music at all, but like I feel like I'm consistently late to the game with music a lot of times mm-hmm. because there'll be waves that happen and I am kind of waiting to see is this wave gonna matter? Sure, you know yeah. is this gonna be a thing or is this just you know, is this just one or two artists who are doing this weird thing that ultimately, like, isn't really going to happen? Sure. You know what I mean? And he has proved me wrong. Hell yeah. Completely. That's sick. You know? Yeah. I'll I'll take a second to just be like, yeah, Messiah's, like, was, yeah, was and is, like, one of the biggest St. Pressure influences. Like, me and Nick definitely... uh I don't know, like, I, I showed him Cotton Candy one day, like, after I met him at Revelator. I was like, yo, come through the studio. Like, hadn't even finished the beat. It was just, like, playing demos, you know? And, yeah. like, we were kind of, like, at the same spot. And when he showed me his music, I was like, this is somebody that also is shooting for something that's different in a head. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, totally. And we kind of just, like, connected on that. Like, I think Messiah's fucking brilliant. I think he's probably, like, five years ahead of me right now like, on some crazy shit. Like, he's he's pushed me a lot and made me, like, feel, yeah, just, like, comfortable. Like, just putting it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. if people might not get it. Yeah. 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 I, uh, because I now, I mean, he lives out in L.A. right now. Yeah. Because yeah. I was, like, by the time I wanted to, hit him up and be like let's do this it was like oh you probably wouldn't even do it now (laughs) you know what i mean like which is cool like that's fine like whatever um but that's why i also wanted to make sure i got this one done too hell yeah man before this finished out because i was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mess mess this one up yeah thank you you know thanks for having me um your last single of the year was should should have known mm-hmm that one's like a little bit darker than the other two. Yeah, that's like the only song that I've written that's like about my ex. Hmm. And like by the time I had written it, the emotions that like that that feeling that that song like captures was like I was was so past, past it, it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But like uh what that was an important song for me. I feel like I got released of something, you know what I'm saying? Emotionally or spiritually when I released that like yeah. I mean, that's what art is there to do, it I is, think, is, is to inc- let you feel all the feelings you want to feel. And sometimes that helps once you get it out there and you put it out there and you listen to yourself say it back, you're like, oh, I don't need that. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? But maybe someone else will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
And maybe I'll feel that way again, you know, like, do the craziest shit happens with my music. Like, I listen to something that I wrote, like, I listen to, like, a Great Awakening song. I'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> it, like, means something completely different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, how? 2018 started off, and, I mean, you with now your current biggest song on yeah. Spotify, yeah. He's a Little Tiger. He's a Little Tiger. Does that shit matter to you? I mean, I'm sure it does in the sense that, like, and when I say shit, I'm uh, what I'm referring to is like the Spotify numbers, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like, I'm sure it does because that's how that's like how your music gets heard and stuff right. now. But like, do you pay attention to the numbers at all? Is that a big deal for you? I did, you know. Uh, now I can't. Yeah, I like. I know that I've written better songs than Easy Little Tiger. You know, like there's there's music that I've released that like means more to me. I feel like maybe has more substance. Yeah, uh, that maybe might have less than a thousand plays. And then like you know, with some time, like passed between releases, like I look back and I'm just as proud as those as whatever. And at the end of the day, dude, like as an artist. For me, like, that's what matters to me. So, and that's how I've, like, I'm, yeah, I have, yeah, numbers. Yeah. That, it, it, it does affect the way people perceive me as oh, an artist. Oh, sure, yeah. Because that's the first song that they hear. Was that, did it get on, like, a playlist or something? It got picked up by the Discover Weekly Spotify algorithm. Oh, dope. Yeah, so... The algorithm was pumping it out. That's the only time an algorithm showed me love, <laughs> and it was nice. Yeah, <laughs> felt good, man. Uh, but I know it's just bro. like a computer, man. Yeah, so shout you know computers. What I'm yeah, <laughs> and uh, it'd be foolish, I think, to let that affect my art. Yeah, like I've been doing this shit, like, yeah, I didn't make music though. on computers when I started. Yeah, so like, and it's just it's more important to me now than it was then. So. That song's catchy as hell, though. Yeah, I, I still love it. Yeah, it hits super hard live. Yeah, got a nice little remix of it. Yeah, about to release. Be cool. Ooh, can't wait for that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and then you finally dropped the EP. Yeah, the first EP. So it's like 2018, spring of 2018, and spring of 2017. I like took a trip to Asheville, North Carolina, with my brother Leo, and we were like, "Yo, let's write for an EP." And, like, we had spent, like, the previous summer touring the UK, like, just being somebody's band, or, like, a roommate's band. And we were just, like, kind of for the first time, like, stepped into this, like, yo, like, this is just our life. Nothing else matters. Let's, let's live it. Let's experience it. We were partying a lot. We were traveling. I was figuring out how to be single in 2019 after, like, my only ex experience of a relationship is, like, in the Christian context, yeah. like, in this, like, holy marriage thing, you know? And that EP was, like, yeah, one too many next times. It's kind of like, fuck it, I'm not waiting to live anymore. Yeah. Like, this, it starts now. And Wonder hits, dude. Thank that you, That song, I would, I think this EP is probably my favorite thing. After having listened to all your stuff, like, a bunch, that and Piranha are probably my two favorite Sick. things. But um, but yeah, the 
the big line that kind of stood out to me in Wonder was that we've, it's a theme we've kind of been talking mm-hmm. about here is somebody tell me I can't. Mm-hmm. That yeah, kind of seems like a, but that also <clears throat> kind of seems like your like mission statement in a, in a certain mm-hmm. sense. You I like know? that. It, yeah. I think I would take that mission statement. Somebody tell me I can't. Because they have. I've told myself that shit. Yeah. I did for years. And then it was like, ah. I think that's, to me, that's like what I talked about earlier, the like secret vulnerability Mm -hmm. of the music. Yeah. The fact that maybe you pick up on that because you've like listened to my music in the past. I had this like really frustrating experience with same pressure in the beginning of like, I felt like I was like bearing my soul. You know what I'm saying? And like dealing with this like deep, dark, heavy shit. And people yeah. were like, your music's so uplifting and fun. Oh my God. It's like, it's so fun. I'm like, this is treacherous for me. <laughs> you know, like, you don't know what it costs me to have right. to like, to say like, easy little tiger. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not chill to me. Like to that, like to the old version of myself. Like, yeah. that's like a sin to the core of who I am. Like, if I'm in the context of 2014. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like, pain's been a big part of my music. And that EP was the fun, the funness of my early music is, like, it's kind of like a, like a mask. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, a way I gave myself permission to, like, be honest and explore myself. Yeah. And, yeah, don't want to get ahead of myself, but, like, the movement is is coming from the mask, like, to out of hiding and to, like, just the rawest. (laughs) I'm ready. The rawest, dog. You you put out two other singles, uh, Oolong and Honey Drip, Honey Drip, uh, including a former coworker of mine, Nate Head. Shout out Nate Head. Yeah, that was a fun track. It's insane. Like, I worked with him in 2013 at Pinewood Social. We were both hosts. Yeah. And uh, it's just, like, so funny seeing him. Like, he would tell me about all this, like, stuff that he would do, and I'd, I was just like, oh, that's weird, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then... To watch him like turn into what he's turned into, yeah. Like, whoa, that dude is brilliant. He is. Have you listened to his new EP? Yeah, it's crazy. I love it, dude. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that shit, check on Nate Head. That uh, that track like that came together in like a. I just had like the little chorus for it, then pulled it up one day. A lot, some dude, some of the singles I've released have just been like, okay, it's been a couple months and I have like just a bunch of music on the hard drive. Let's finish something up and ship it out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, was I had Oolong that way? Oolong, yeah. Oolong was like, yo, we need a single. That was the first one to me that when listening to it, I mean, I obviously couldn't know that, but like, it kind of makes sense to me. And not that it's, bad but it's just like you're you're finally hitting this point where you're like 
you are saying pressure now and we need to put some music out. You know, like right. this is the identity now. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it was more like, okay, now like I kind of know what I, like, I'm saying. Had to you're here. Yeah. You know, like it's not like, it's like you're we're trying partying to and we're hooking out. up. Yeah. That was like, I made it to that point in St. Pressure, which yeah. is like, you know, like I want a new life, you know? Yeah. The old one's gone. This is the new one. I don't give a fuck anymore. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. Made it. Sometimes you just need songs to celebrate that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. People yeah, can- also saying like it's also like a like a like more of that painful confession. It's like, yo, I've just been like in this weird hookup culture for like a year now and like I feel like sex and candy. <laughs> like I feel like something cheap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kinda like I wanted that song to be like kind of feel cheap. I felt it spiritually. Sick. In that way. Yeah. You know. That stuff, that kind of stuff can be. I mean, there's a time and a place for it. For sure. Sex and candy, both great. Of course. Love them. Yeah. But yeah, it's not like, they're both have the potential to be like the least fulfilling things. Right. You know. For sure. Yeah, man. I'm I'm definitely like down to be unfulfilled in something, you know. Like yeah. I don't like force something to be fulfilling that's not right. Well, tell me about Honey Drip. <clears throat> Honey Drip is about uh, going to Broadway. Like there's there's like a stint, bro, for like a year where like every Friday night, every Saturday night, like me and the crew homies, we just like roll out and get fucked up and party on Broadway. And, uh, yeah, we just started getting, like, kicked out. And people, like, bouncers didn't let us in. I still can't get in the clubs on Broadway. <laughs> they fucking hate me. <laughs> uh, but that's basically it. And just being like, yo, this is my sauce. I am who I am now. If you don't want it, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. That bouncer is my honey kid. <laughs> it's, it's just some, like, cheeky. It's a little cheeky song. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about cheeky songs now? Do you like them? Um if I'm fucked up. Yeah. If I'm partying. There's a time and a place. Yeah. Love it. Like Friday night at the club, I'm a cheeky boy. You know? <laughs> like I wanna like hear some trap music. That should be a that should be your like a you got same pressure, aka Presh, aka Cheeky Boy. Yeah, aka Cheeky Boy. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> there's definitely like, I don't know. There's this part of me that's just like, it will say fuck it really easy. Yeah. And like just down to just like be present. And in those moments, like if a cheeky song comes on, it's like yeah, we're getting I, away. We're all getting away with this right now, you know. I I. Uh, I'm not going to say which very popular artist I said this about the other day, but um, I said that their music was like a gas station Swiss roll. <laughs> and and people were like, like the person who I was talking to who liked this artist said that like we're kind of mad about that. I was like, no, like gas station Swiss rolls are good. Right. He's if you're on a road trip. Yeah. You're buying like five of them shits. And you've already and had lunch. Them. Yeah. And like <laughs> you love it. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's the best because it's the vibe at the moment. Right. Do I want gas station Swiss rolls? 
all the time? Absolutely huh. not. Yeah. <laughs> Do I want it the majority of the time? No way. Yeah. But there's a time and a place, yeah. and it's beautiful. Yeah, like th- the 2018 year, last year of music was like, dude, I was literally eating candy for dinner. Like, it was it was nothing but Swiss cake rolls for like a whole <laughs> year of my life. Like, I lived in Hillsborough Village. I would walk down to the Kroger, you know, like, get a $3 bottle of wine and a bag of gummy bears. And, like, life was good. That's all I needed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually you're like, hmm, maybe, like, I'll have serious health problems, you know, like, Maybe the, I shouldn't eat candy for meals and, like, get some substance back. It's funny, though, because even with the substance, there's a way to to have those moments in a substantive way. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, like, I feel like that's where your music's starting to get to, where it's like, you know, yeah, maybe you're not going to like the basement parties and partying, but now we're in the now we're in the penthouse and we're partying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's different party vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh Yeah. Trying to let the silence just be what it is, you know. I'm comfortable with silence. It's a tactic I uh I'm currently going to have to learn in my internship for school. They yeah. always say that, like, the uh, silence is, like, one of the best things for getting the people to talk. That's great. You know? Yeah. If you just let it be. Let me just fill some space real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 2019, you started off this year with Just Say It. Yeah. That's probably, to me, like, one of the darker tracks I've released. Mm. That song was also originally going to be, like, the opening for the record that will come out next fall. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact about that song. And then I wrote a different song that was like, no, that's how the record's starting. (laughs) And then there wasn't a place for Just Say It, and I loved it. And I was like, I think this will be, like, almost like a good glimpse of, like, where I'll be going. Yeah. Um, I don't think the rest of the music this year sounded like that. Um, but it's definitely like an important one to remember, I think. I just realized I totally skipped over a whole thing, which is your collab EP, uh, oh, EP yeah, yeah, Ultra yeah. Zone. Ultra Zone. Yeah, still got the tat. We, uh, we're going to film a music video for like the whole release just like one like a bunch of different one shots for like each song we got them all done but like one before nick moved to la but yeah we did this super uh if tattoo doesn't matter the release was sick um is that when you guys did that big party like in the warehouse it was like you that was like we released it right after that that was october 8th 2018. That was like Messiah and Nate Head's going away show mm. <clears throat> right before they moved to LA. And that was a fun ass night. That looked like a fun ass night. That was a big night, man. Uh, Nick and I, Nick produced pretty much the whole EP. Um, 
we actually set it, like the goal for that record. We were like, yo, what if we just stop trying to reinvent the wheel? Like, what if we stop trying to be fucking revolutionary futurists and just like write some trap music that people can just bop with, you know? Yeah. Like, let's just write some simple shit. And of course, like after the first session, we listened back to like our first song for it and we're like, this is a five. Like, <laughs> I don't really know what this sounds like. And then we just kind of like went deeper into that. And I think like that EP is like a really cool. I don't think mood. the two of you could write simple shit. Yeah. We've tried. It seems man. like you guys push each other like to that's the problem. even stranger limits. I think that's the beauty of it. As I've heard it, and cer- certain people say you try to out, out, you try to out, outcast each other. Yeah. Nick and I have that type of relationship. I think I think me and most of my friends do in like a beautiful way. It's like, you know, somebody shows up with like wearing this thing and it's like different and it's like next week it's like someone pushed pushed the borders a little farther, you yeah. know, and it's like, oh now this homie gotta like now we're getting tattoos on our hands, you know, it's like now we're getting tattoos here. Now we're shaving our eyebrows. Just kinda like that's like a really practical way of just like maybe help I mean, Healthy you showed insanity. up here, I had no idea what you were going to be. I was like, <laughs> is he going to just like, I was like, what does he wear on a Thursday afternoon? Hell you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's still weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's still living that life. Yeah, dude. You yeah. know, you see certain artists, it's like Thursday afternoon, they're just wearing whatever. And then, you know, they get on stage and they're the big weirdos, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, you're really out here living that life. It's lifestyle, bro. It always. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had all fours. Yeah. So we're entering 2019. Everything I released this year was um, kind of like oolong hmm. in the sense that it was all extra material that I wrote trying to make my first full length. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on that full length. I started last October, so it's been like 13 months. And I know what the record is now, but all fours was like, I think as far as like a song goes, like what I'm saying is when I started to kind of like find my voice of what I was like trying to say moving forward, Hmm. starting to process my past in a more healthy way than just party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that, Partying is a healthy, maybe, or can be a healthy process of like figuring some shit out. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you just need to say, fuck it. Yeah. I, I don't think partying, I think everything's good kind of in context. I think a lot of times people turn to unhealthy things because that is, that is all there is in the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then the next, and then, you realize, and then eventually you realize that it's like kind of unhealthy in, right. for you, and you make necessary adjustments. You know? Sure. Um, at least that's the I would say that's the healthy aspect of that type of wave. Like everyone goes through it. You know, it's. Right. I don't think there's a judgment in when I say the words healthy or unhealthy because I think mm-hmm. it's all natural. Natural, natural. You know is what I mean? W- like I think that. Word. I think that going through healthy and unhealthy stages is a very natural thing to do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I was aware of what I was doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I was still, I'm I'm such an overthinker, like, I'm 
painfully aware of myself and ignorant to how people perceive me and like get stuck in my head and I just feel like that's what I needed at the time in like the natural way so I'm just gonna let myself do what it feel what myself feels like it needs to do and then all fours is kind of like like I don't know why maybe why did why am I how did I how the fuck did I get here (laughs) I feel that sometimes now yeah I'm like I look at myself in the mirror dude and I'm like whoa I'm, I really did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really stepped into some things that I've been scared to step into. It's like, why? How? It's just like, I lost it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Way to be so fucking optimistic about it, dude. Like, that's a real a real thought, you know? And, uh, yeah, I wish I would have produced that song different, but I think the song's cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And then you release No Bitch in the remixes, but then eventually you have the whole Change Your Name EP mm-hmm. that drops, which is your only your third EP so far. Mm-hmm. Why did you go with that EP as opposed to like trying to add on a few songs, make it a record? Um, it was kind of just like... I, I didn't have enough to... There wasn't a specific theme to those songs, really. Um, I feel like they fit together in in some sort of way, but whatever those songs are saying wasn't what I want to say, at, like as my first record. Those definitely seemed like your biggest kind of creative left turns, mm. like like so f- up to that point. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think all force took it there, in into that direction. Yeah, I was experimenting with like this, like different drum sounds and like kind of like trying to incorporate, like, the indie rock part of myself back mm-hmm. into what I do. And came up with, I don't know, it's kind of a weird EP. I don't, like, love it. There's some, like, special moments on there. I mean, No Bitchin's hard. Dude. No Bitchin's sick. Dude, No Bitchin, like, <laughs> that's literally, like, yeah. The, the, like, the song you whistle at work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get, get you through. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Wake up. Starting, so when Nick, when Messiah left for L.A., he uh, recommended, me, recommended me for his job, which was, like, a carpet cleaning gig. So for a, basically a year, I was working, like, second shift cleaning carpets. Like, get home at 3 a.m., work on music till, like, 6 a.m., and wake up, and it was just, like, I was like lost in like the ultimate loop, and like somewhere in that, I was just like, "No bitching, dog." Like you know what's up, you know what you're working for. That's the carpet song. <laughs> no bitching is the carpet song. <laughs> and then you dropped a little two pack too. Mm-hmm. The most recent stuff. Inspired by a week of partying in Mykonos, Greece. Probably the funnest week of my life. Yeah? Yeah. What brought you to Greece? Um, one of my good friends and artists I used to play for up in Hazelwood had a birthday party that we went out to. And it was wild, man. It was sick. Piranha was written before all that, though. Yeah? Yeah. Piranha was written like... Piranha's probably, like, one of my favorite songs from this year. It's 
I would say it's my favorite time. Yeah, like I, I feel like I, I tapped into something, and that on that that like it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like a mantra. You know what I'm saying? Like it's some shit that like, I can like stand behind. As a as just a listener too, it it was interesting to hear that song because it felt like you were taking inspiration from these like weird left turns that you'd taken recently, but putting it into a song that was a little bit more accessible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And those songs always get me really excited because some I think to me that's like when an artist can hit that point of like taking something that isn't easy to digest and making it digestible in yeah. a way that doesn't sell out what they're trying to do. That's yeah. like that's gold. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, you look at like a I mean, I I think just the the most obvious mainstream example of that at the moment is probably like a Billie Eilish, right? Like sure. she's making some type of digestible version of music that like is stuff like Yeezus or Death Grips or like, you know, like shit weird shit like yeah. that. Like she's, like she's making feels left, but it's yeah. not. Right, yeah. It's not for now. Right. Like it would be left any other year except right. for twenty nineteen. Right. You know, yes, wild, and that I feel like that similarly with Piranha, like that's what that feels like. Thank you. I love that. Love that one. But kisses was kisses written as a direct example. Direct example was of the inspiration from the week party. Oh yeah, that was that was my Mykonos song. <laughs> <laughs> that was an experience in Mykonos. Sound like you've had a lot of experiences. I have the last couple of years. Actually, just yeah, in general. I've been really lucky. I've been, or I've been, I don't know. I, I don't like the word lucky, but I feel lucky. I don't think that that's a bad word to use. Yeah. Fortunate, maybe? Fortunate's good. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've gotten to travel a lot, man. For me. And that, that affects my music a lot. Oh, sure. It's like I've had so many experiences of not knowing anything about someone's culture and connecting with them through music. And it's cheesy, man. It's like the universal language of love. It doesn't, know? I mean, I don't care how cheesy that shit is. It's just so true. It's fucking true, bro. I like, mean, I've talked to people, you know, 60 episodes worth of people of all different genres, of all different levels of, you know, just starting out, just uh, literally someone has put out three songs there on my podcast or people have put out gold records there on my podcast. Sure. And like that, what is the one thing that's bringing it all together? Mm -hmm. It's the fact that they all have to play music. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. I can't really like, I don't know how to relate any other way, man. Just scary, but it's chill. Cause I found something. Relate to what? Uh, the world, myself, other people. They like. I feel like I've always had a bit of a hard time, like speaking my mind and communicating, like what I think, what I really think. And music's like just been the thing where it's like, yo, if you really want to know, like where I'm at, I'll just. This is a conversation starter. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is some sort of way to, like, understand something deeper than just, like, you know, the surface level of who I am. Yeah. And I, I, 
I love being misunderstood, <laughs> but I want to be understood, you know? Like, I actually do, like, want some somebody to get it. And I think maybe that's growing up a little bit. I've had so much affirmation, bro, of, like, being the weird guy. It's where I'm kind of like, man, I wonder if I can, like, do something that actually, like, relates to people that don't just, like, weird shit. Hmm. Well, that's just how do I how do I take this underground movement and make it something that's relatable to yeah. more people? How do I sell out on this shit? Yeah. I've been trying to figure out for years. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. Um, I re- I've really pushed myself last year writing. I got like 20 songs I'm about to release like over the next year. Dang. Like three EPs and then full length. Wow. And I'm wrapping all of that up now and it's really cool to be able to like sit back uh, hindsight and kind of like create this overarching meta narrative. Uh, but in that process, I'm it's 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 kind of me trying to like Use my words better. Use my music mm. better. Use what I've, like, invested my whole life into to actually, like, put, like communicate what I want to say. And, like, yeah. So, yeah. I got some more party shit coming out. It's kind of like a, a farewell. Farewell? For now, yeah. To the party boy? To the cheeky boy? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah. It's just going to get a little darker. Hmm. It's gonna be less. It's it's not gonna be as cute, <laughs> you know, like or like whimsical. It's hard because people like cute and whimsical. Maybe <laughs> certain people do at yeah. a certain time and place. We'll see how the dude. The great thing is, is like. I don't know, there might be, like, 50 people that like my music, like, for real, in the world. Who knows? Like, I don't feel like there's a fan base that I can let down yet. Yeah. You're uh, still exploring. Yeah. So it's like, I just feel free, man. And I think the people that still fuck with me fuck with me because I change. Mm. And some, in whatever way, like, end up on some, a little different ex- expression the next go-round. I mean, I think there's a few, you know, there's, to me, there's like two kinds of different artists. If you look at music as like a culture over the years, right? There's like the people that specifically try to make music that is going to appeal to mass audiences, you know, and some of them get really popular. Some of them do make music that appeals to mass audiences and they nail it, you know, like... And that's fine. That's totally like a, a Katy Perry or somebody, right? But like they're just trying to make the biggest hit that they can make 100%. and they do it. And then there's these other, every, you know, we're about to end a decade, right? So it's like one of my favorite things about looking at musical decades is like what's the underground sound that then became like a thing during mm-hmm. this particular period? Um 
which this year was probably like a lot of the subgenres of hip hop, you know, like the weirder ones mm -hmm. um, became super popular this year. Um, but those ones are interesting to me because those people were going to make that music anyway. Right. Regardless of whether it becomes the biggest music, the people that start that stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. they're going to make the music regardless of whether anyone listens to it or not. It's just, is the world ready to hear it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because eventually someone, I mean, you, I mean, I did like, you know, with underground, like, you know, like the, when, when the whole emo wave happened in the mid two thousands, like I was, you know, was fucking scene kid living the MySpace life. And I saw, I literally saw it happen. Like these bands were going to make this type of music and do their thing, regardless of whether they got on MTV or not. Exactly. It just is what it is. Yeah. But for some reason the world was just like, no, we're feeling emo right now. Right. You know, it's like time for whatever it's time for this. And so I think that's, probably all you can do right yeah because you just got to keep doing you until and the world says i'm ready it. for same pressure yeah i'm doing yeah who knows man and i'm yeah i'm on some like kind of sick shit where i'm like i don't care if that's like 15 years after i die you know what i'm saying mm. i'm like bango like i'm inspired a lot by like visual artists and the way they live their lives and it was like it was every like it was everything it wasn't like, yeah, I'm I'm good at this and I make music in my studio from nine to five and like it's just a great music gives me a good life, you know? It's like, nah, like I will let this kill me. You know what I'm saying? I will say something if it costs me everything. Mm -hmm. Uh timing, I've given up on timing a bit. And it's kinda cool because like I'm gonna release songs a year from now that I wrote a year ago. And I've never done that. But I'm, like, confident enough in them that I think maybe the timing will be right. Well, that, I mean, that's goes back to the whole being ahead of your time thing. Yeah. So, like, what if I just sit on this for a little bit? Yeah. And I think the next year I'm, I'm going to set up the context. Like, the next EPs will, by the time the record comes, like, I think it'll make sense. Yeah. But if I just release the record right now, it would be, like, what the fuck? How did he get there? Yeah. That's um, what I'm wondering. That yeah. was a cotton candy question. Yeah. How did he get here? Now I know. That's right. Yeah, I got here, man. Somehow. So, uh, typically, I ask two people, like, questions at the end. Um, if I haven't had them on before. Uh, the first one being... This whole podcast to me is about, like, me just... I'm just a huge fan of music and what people do in music. So I was wondering if there was a time that you got to be, like, live a huge fan dream of yours. Like, as a fan of music, like, you got to play a show with somebody or you got to meet somebody because of the music you made. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the coolest moment... For me, it's like I played a show in May that like me and my roommates we just booked. We're like, yeah, we're gonna throw a show. And uh like two of my musical like heroes came out and were like in the crowd, like rocking with me. You know what I'm saying? And like I just, I had this one specific memory, like during Easy Little Tiger Live and like looking out and it's like, yo, that's nuts. 
nuts, you know? And it's like, uh, that was fucking cool, man. Who was it? Uh, yeah, Cody Bonnet and Darren King. Hmm. Like, two musicians, and I, I consider both of them artists. Yeah, that, like, totally influenced me growing up. Yeah. And... Yeah, somehow, like, I met them, and they heard my music, and they thought it was sick. And, like, to me, it's, like, it's because you're in there. You know, like, yeah. in some weird way, like, you're in there. Um, that was a big, like, full picture. Feeling like you're a peer. Like, maybe, yeah, yeah. And, like, maybe all this is, like, happening for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. easy, it's easy, when, like, in this lifestyle to just, like, Wonder what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> and then there's moments like that where you're like, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do and what I've always done. That was cool. Yeah, well, when like, I mean, I think that's, that's like the important stuff, you know, when, because those are for you. Right. You know, like a million people could listen to Easy Little Tiger tomorrow, but it's like those two dudes are checking for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, what does that mean if, like, the people that you grew up listening to, like, don't respect you? Or yeah. not, or the people that you idol don't respect you? Like, sure. you're here to try to get on that level. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, like, the, yeah. It's kind of like the affirmation. That, that counts more to me than a million plays. Sure. Like, there's, like, I don't have a big fan base, but, like, this is, this is some, this might be ugly. But, like, I feel like there's some really unfortunate fan bases out there. And I see some, like, artist fan bases. I'm like, yo, like, it will just kind of be unfortunate, you know? Yeah. To, like, have that many people that you can't even relate to. Uh, which I would, it would be a great problem to have. I love it. But, like, I've gotten that same, like, ego feel from, like, people I just really respect. Yeah. Coming through and be like, hey. I fuck with you. That's why I, I don't feel the need to make music anymore. Hell yeah. Because I made an EP that I'm really proud of, and the people that I wanted to check for it checked for it. Yeah. And that was like, I'm like, I'm good. Beautiful. Who cares? Yeah. Like, Straight up. I don't care. No one listens to our music on Spotify. I don't give a fuck. But yeah. like, my childhood best friend thinks it's the best music he's ever listened to. True. So it's like, he made me want to play music. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, who cares? That's, yeah, that's priceless. Um, the last question is kind of a big one. What are you most proud of? It can be creatively. It can be personally. It can be both. What am I most proud of? Yeah, I mean, like, outside of just saying, like, myself... Like, becoming who I am. I, I'm, like, I'm, I feel a lot of pride for, like, me and my friends. Uh, <clears throat> I've got, like, I've got people that have been in my life for over 10 years that have gone through just as much shit or more shit than me. Um, and somehow, like, somehow we're still doing it, you know? And our hearts are still, like, Sure. Like I'm I'm proud of like still feeling like I haven't sold 
like the the most important part of who I am mm. when I could have you know like I wanted to I was like angry after like my whole shit collapsed yeah. I was pissed <laughs> that I had to like redo shit but like yeah we made it out we haven't quit proud of that you should be yeah not me people don't make it out sometimes yeah not everybody does no and if they do it's like not it's like yeah they make it out they make it out without the the beautiful part of them I think yeah they don't take the risks to to learn who they are learn you know uh, what they can be yeah and you've you've done that. Yeah. That I think that's something completely to be proud of. I'm proud of you Thank for you. that. Thanks. I'm proud of the risks I've taken. For sure. Yeah. Um you're actually the so while you're not going to be the final episode of the local wave, you are the last recording of an episode of oh, the local wow. wave that I'm doing. Amazing. So this is kind of nerve-wracking for me. This is typically when I just end it, and I'm like, sure. cool, like, most proud of. That's awesome. So glad you came through. What up? Okay. Like, you know, dap the hands. Right, but this one's different. Yeah. What would you like to say on your last podcast? Well, I said a lot of the, you know, went through. Uh, I recorded one yesterday with someone I won't mention. Okay. You'll find out in a couple weeks. Can't wait. The people listening. But, um but I got really emotional and was talking about the podcast and stuff yeah. like and going back on it and stuff. Sure. Um, so I don't really feel the need to do that, but I, oof, I'm starting to get emotional again, but kind of in a different way. It's just like, you know, I, and I'm sure you totally get this. Like sometimes things are really good for a short period of time and it's just time to move on. Yeah. There's different stuff about to happen. This was my creative outlet in for like three years. That's sick. And it was beautiful. And I'm I'm stupid proud of it. Yeah. And uh I'm glad that you're part of it. Um but yeah, it's uh and I'm and I'm not gonna completely end it. I don't wanna like you know, be like someone that's like gonna pretend like I'll never do this again. Sure. I still have two microphones and a computer, so right, right. anything's possible. Yeah. But so um, having a focus shift, maybe. Yeah, I just like I just don't know if I'm gonna have enough time, and there's other things I want to explore mm-hmm. and see where that takes me. Cool. So, uh, I don't know, but it's it's scary I'm being in that too. period of not knowing like what your next creative outlet's gonna be. Yeah, it's a scary place. But I. Uh, but exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for you, bro. Yeah, you just got to jump. I know. I've been doing a lot of texting with people about, like, because I start my internship next year for grad school, and so my, my schedule and my life is about to, like, change a okay. lot, starting, at like, really at the top of the year. So it's, like, 2020, everything's Damn. different. Yeah. 
And so it's just kind of like a very, it's like I'm in living in sort of this weird unsettling place right now, you know. It's hard. But it's getting a little personal, but yeah. it's fine. It's that time of the year too, man. It is. 2020. New yeah. stuff's happening. Yeah. New same pressure. New. Bunch of new. Yeah, everything's new. Everything keeps becoming new, I believe. Even though it doesn't, the, yeah, you can suppress it. You can hide change, but I think everything's kind of always changing. Yeah. And the more you can be in tune with that, I think the more beautiful life gets. And if you're someone that can hold your creative endeavors with your hands open, like you are, I think you're going to do some cool shit, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. appreciate that, dude. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you to St. Pressure, a.k.a. Cole Johnson, for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank Kyle at the Tiny Tape Room for doing what he does, mixing, mastering, all that good business. Thank you to Charles Miller for the logo and branding. And, uh, yo, just want to thank you for listening. Got one more for you before the year's out. One last big one, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Anyway, be a fan of your friends and love one another. Peace.